Hey, welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show. Today's episode is going to be all about rookie wide receivers. I rank them, arms comps them, and Neil gives some color commentary. So if you've been wondering who those top 10 receivers are, rookie-wise, we got them for you today on the Back Row Fantasy Show. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Neil Crabtree. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show. It's Bart coming at you again with arms to my left. Good morning. And Neil to my right. Hello. It's Neil. Neil decides to drive an hour and 45. Is it 45? It's about an hour and a half. An hour and a half just to come play with us on the weekends. Thank you, Neil. Neil. I love it. He's a road warrior. Yeah. Love having you here, Neil. Absolutely. Now, unlike a, a buddy of mine that happens to work with me, his name is Matthew. Matthew hails from Jackson and just ran 72 miles the other day. Like on purpose or was there wolves chasing him? For fun. He ran 72 miles for fun. Hats off to that crazy asshole. That is 72 more than I can do. You're about (laughs) 71.8 miles more than I can run. Nice job. I mean, mean, I'm impressed. I think about it. I'm tired. My thought process is... (laughs) Like, if a bear's chasing me, I could probably go two miles. But after that, I'm pretty much like, you know what? All right, you got me. But I've, I've made the joke before. Like, a bear or a pack of wolves? If it's just one wolf, I'm taking my chances. I'm not going to run. Because, I mean, who wants to live their last few minutes running? Nah. Not, not this, this, not guy. this guy. Absolutely not. This not. Guy. But, yeah, you know, 18 hours of running, I can't do 18 minutes. I mean, on a treadmill I mean, or elliptical, sure. Well, he said the guy that won the thing ran a... It was the last man standing kind of thing. And the the guy that, that took home the title ran 130 miles. And when asked... Where the heck did he run to? <laughs> it was just a... It was like a certain place, like a four or five mile stretch, and you ran it over and over. It was like longest, you know, endurance. Dude, I used to do gassers. In high school football, is that drugs? No, it's <laughs> you. You run to the ten oh, and back, and your coach is backing up, and it's the fifteen, right, the twenty, yeah. uh, hundred yard gassers, and by about the thirty yard, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, so it feels like you're getting stabbed with a knife. Yeah, well, I'm sure he wasn't all out, you know, I running like crazy. That, but my all out running probably looks like his jog. Yeah, you know, but apparently the guy that won the hundred and thirty mile guy was basically a pothead hippie that crawled out of a van, threw on some Sanooks, and just started running. Okay. So, you know, I'm impressed. Impressed. You know what else I'm impressed with? What's that? All these Oakland Raider off-season moves. Shut up. Your favorite running back of all time, Isaiah Crowell, gets acquired by the Raiders. What do you think? I mean, is Marshawn Lynch scared now? He's like, I ain't coming back now. Isaiah Crowell's there. A, he might not come back anyway. B, dude, you know, please do not be the team that's like, we just solved our running back issue because we've got Isaiah Crowell. No, we you didn't. We didn't. <laughs> I, I'm a, I, I can almost wager that he won't even make the opening day roster. Isaiah Crowell? 
I don't oh, see it. He's going to make it. They're not going to be settling on on a bunch of trash can running backs going in. You know what I mean? No, they've got. They have to address it in this draft. Just because he's shaped like a trash like, can doesn't mean he's he trash. He runs like one too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's twice last year he broke like 170 yards. Okay. I don't know how either. Well, how about this? What if Isaiah Crowell gives you a couple of those? What did he do a 200 yard game? I, I think, think he had he a 201 yard game, like 170 yard. And game. I was what like, if he three gives you yards? It was. If he gives you those. Just two of them, one of each. If he if he brings the Raiders that, are you are you happy? No. Why? I don't want him ranked in the top ten of single <laughs> single game rushing for the Raiders. He's going to bring you a Jay Ajayi like season, yeah. and you're not happy with that. Six hundred yards, most of it in two games. Yeah, three yards of carry. If he's lucky. Like uh, I, it, it it makes me sick to to think in my mind that they may not address running back in this year's draft because they picked up him like you please please don't do this to me john please don't do this to me like you know I, I've, I've dealt with losing seasons the majority of my life and for for us to i i didn't like the lynch signing but you know at least we knew the guy you know has passion for the game i didn't mind the doug martin signing but he's constantly injured but isaiah crowell like as neil said he's a trash can <laughs> <laughs> like we're not trying to to throw this season to get to it. You keep saying that you freaking believe in Derek Carr gives a chance to win. It's media mediocre running backs or slash like infirmary guys. Yeah, no trash can can run two hundred <laughs> yards. Just saying. Somebody, this, somebody I, rolled him. They somebody I, laid him on the side and just rolled the can down the hill. Isaiah Crowell is a low key unsung hero stud in the AAF. If, he, if, he actually would be given very, the opportunity. Very solid in the AAF. Absolutely, he put Trent Richardson uh, to shame. Oh, I did hear that the AAF may be folding that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, what that's a the word. shocker! That's the word. What a shocker! Poor Johnny Manziel. Now his chance is pretty much over if that's the case, unless for some reason he can enroll in a community college that has a football team, semi-pro also. Yeah, arena league maybe. <laughs> uh Johnny Manziel's garbage. Thomas Destroyers, here we go. I feel bad for him because he, he's just a young kid that's got a lot of problems. But, you know, I, his chance playing football in the in the league is over. Yeah. Oh, and it should be. The guy, he's got to get his, his mental life right yeah. before he can get a chance to ever play in the NFL game. And well, even when healthy, time he is working against him. And he didn't do anything even when he was healthy or, I mean, as healthy as he could be, I guess. I'm sure he's not been healthy in a long time mentally, but... And and alcohol wise, but even when he was on the field, like he just, I, there was nothing impressive. Sadly, uh, I agree. I agree. It, it, for all the hype that Johnny Manziel got coming out, I'm like, ah, come on, man! Like he's a system guy and he's shifty in college. Great, but I don't really want to go on talking about Johnny Manziel. Or you don't. Terrible. I, I I will. Speaking of the Raiders, Johnny they, they signed uh, Brandon Marshall, the linebacker. So now True. they have three middle linebackers. Well, they're, they're and they okay now. Now I'm confused. Why do we have three middle linebackers? We have Monte's perfect, uh, Brandon Marshall, and Tahir Whitehead. You're hoping to take Marshall and Vontez and get one season out of those two guys. Yeah, and you got them on the cheap. I, I mean, like, I like honestly, the, all three guys are what a season, two seasons removed from being hundred tackle guys. Yeah, like we there's ability there. It's just, 
Good signings. Like, They're just <laughs> taking pieces and trying to make a hole. Like, we're going to take these two puzzle okay. pieces linebacker and see if we can get one good season out of the two of them. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Same with Crowell. If if you don't see a Marshawn Lynch signing, Crowell, then maybe TJ Yeldon signs. Let's take this ragtag group of running backs, throw them in. Get 800 total yards on the season and right. be picking in the top five again. There you go. There's no more Bosa brothers. Like, if they don't get one this year, they, there's none. That's it. So, cousins, <laughs> nephews, not that I'm aware of. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, obscenely young father, it, maybe. There's, I don't think there's any more Watts coming up either, like a JJ or TJ. No Watts. And like, is, is there a DJ Watt or an LJ Watt? There's got to be, right? You would think. There's, I don't. What's or a hundred or one twenty watt, two twenty watt, one point twenty one gigawatt. Ooh, oh. I'd, I'd sign that. Oh yeah. I, I hope to God they've got <laughs> it would, a it cousin named one point twenty one Jiga. It would take me back to the eighties whenever we won Super Bowls. Didn't you get one in the nineties? Mm. Or was it the Buccaneers beat you Is for this? one that was, in the nineties? That was two thousand and two, uh-huh. I believe, and the oh, Buccaneers okay. beat us. My bad. Anything on the docket either would of you would like to discuss before we do start looking at running backs or uh, wide receivers, my bad. Got Isaiah Crowell in the mind. Um so LeBron James officially eliminated from playoff contention. That's worth talking about because uh, let, let's let's do a quick hitter on that. LeBron James was this decline or frustration? The stats say no decline. I think, but it, the I defense think, and the leadership say frustration to me. The medical report came out saying he should have uh, sat for six months on, his, on the injury he had. Yeah, LeBron don't sit for no one. That's what I'm saying. I think cramps so he can been, he floor LeBron. Been hurt. But I also think that there's a lot of uh, – th- there's kind of no continuity to this team yet. There's n- no one that he can put trust in to you know, be his, his right-hand man, so to speak, the way he had a Kyrie or even a Kevin Love. Like, th- It's just not there. Well, they also decided to ignore the modern NBA and be like, well, we don't need guys that can <laughs> shoot the three. We we don't need any. We of those. don't need a second star. We don't need any Curries <laughs> on this team or Clays. We just need a bunch of inside and mid range guys because the mid range jumper is totally what's in in the NBA. Even the great, I mean, as great as LeBron is, it, it's proved uh, he proved this year that he cannot single handedly take a team to the playoffs in the West. No, I mean, different and, different animal out there. Yeah, I mean, could he have done it in the East by himself? Possibly. East is a lot tougher this year too, so it's hard to even say. He, he would have got, got a team. But we're in. talking probably, you know, six, seven, eight seed in the East if it, if it was the same yeah. team playing in these. This it just wasn't a good team. I mean, they've got pieces that are that are okay. What um Braden Ingram, Ingram Kuzma. Kuzma. I I'm not a ball fan, so I'm gonna go ahead and leave that out. But uh, you know, I I just Wish they would have made some moves for for this for Magic, you know, to bring some other guys in, another star to Magic make it make sense. Magic is the one who didn't bring in the right guys in the first place. I know, I know, and I I think to me this is kind of a mistake on LeBron's behalf to to go to L.A. without any certainty. It's like he didn't have his buddies teaming up with him to go. I mean, all of his buddies are retired or should be. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. It, but I, I can also see from his "I'm the greatest player in the world" aspect. It players should want to come play with me. I don't want to team up. I don't want to go to the Rockets or I don't want to go to the Thunder and join another star. I want another star to come to me. Right. But man, you got sold on the dream in L.A., brother, and uh, 
and it, as of right now, it doesn't appear to be working. Now, there's still I, hope. I don't, even, I don't even think he needed to be sold on it. It, it. This is his, you know, this is his forever after. After this, he'll do some Hollywood stuff, and he he just he's he's at the end of his career, and, and I don't think that means another year or two. I, by all means, I think LeBron can play as long as he wants. But, Maybe not as effectively, but Dirk's 40. I know they play different games, but Dirk is 40. And if Dirk wanted to come back next year, I bet he could. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if LeBron, LeBron's a an athletic freak, he keeps himself in tip-top shape. Maybe this year he slipped a little. But if he wants to play as long as he can, he can. But I, but you, you take – so LeBron James is on the Mount Rushmore basketball. There's no doubt about it. He's on the Mount Rushmore basketball. But in L.A., he doesn't even get a statue. Oh no! I mean, it, he's got a lot, a long ways to go to be a guy who they they remember as one of the great Lakers. We're not going to remember LeBron as a Laker. Oh no, no, there's I mean, no doubt about it. You uh, might and remember I don't him mean as overall. In, a Cav. You might remember. I mean, I'm always going to remember him as Cav. And and I'm by the way, growing up Bulls fan, I was a Michael Jordan fan. First memories of basketball yeah, was Jordan was. playing. You know, but I I follow Sean LeBron Kemp here. Hakeem, so there you go. I can understand that. But I followed LeBron because he was an Ohio guy. I mean, he played literally five miles down the road. Played at Wilson High School. I mean... One not, time. Yeah, not no, no, time. but played a game there. I guess right. my point is he's an Ohio guy, and it's like, wow, the best player, the the big hype guy, the you know the chosen one, so to speak, is from Ohio. You know, and that, that, that got me on the bandwagon. I've been a LeBron fan, uh, fan ever since. However you want to remember him... Unless some things change, it's not going to be as a Laker. No, I, I I just don't think he can do for the Lakers what he did for the Cavs. Maybe, maybe somehow if they make the right free agent signing, put some three-point shooters, maybe he can get to another finals. But I'm going to call he could maybe get to one more finals. I just I just don't think – I mean, the West is a different beast. So, yep. We'll see what happens. Thank, uh, thank God we're not get, the back row basketball show because that's, that's about where that's the about knowledge all, that's ends. That's about the extent of my knowledge. But maybe they get, an, you know, uh, Anthony Davis. Maybe they get, you know, somebody else in free agency. I don't think Kawhi extended. I could be wrong on that. But he's still a free agent next year. So there, there's still hope for that team to become very promising. So. Indeed. And hopefully it happens. I'd like to see LeBron continue that streak of greatness, but – Speaking of greatness, we've got a lot of great rookie wide receivers to talk about. The, the class is eye-openingly deep. Eye-openingly, eye-openingly deep, and although there is no clear-cut number one, there is a lot of fantasy starters, probable fantasy yeah. starters in this class. Obviously, all dependent upon situation. This yeah, is, this is the draft. I would like to have like five or five or six seconds. That'd be great to have. Yeah. Well, I'd like to have the whole back end of round one, and I could just reload my wide receiver group, and and I guarantee if in you theory. draft, in you're going to hit one out of like five on who? No, no. I, I think this class is if you've got six, if you've got the last six picks of round one, and you take receivers with all six, I think you're going to have a fifty percent success rate. Three of those guys are going to be able to start for you, not year one. Yeah, no, but I get three you. of those guys are going to be in your top four or five rotation, assuming you don't have some of the top receivers, which if you have six picks and you take all receivers, that's telling me you probably don't. Yeah. Now, like I've got in our main league, I got pick six and pick eight. Pretty darn excited about them right now. Like I'm, I'm loving the depth of this, this year's class. Once again, we're going to see where people go. And you know, if for instance, DK Metcalf, which a lot of people are in love with, if he goes to, uh, to Atlanta, 
okay, I just I no longer have interest in DK Metcalf. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it, lot, if a receiver goes to Cleveland, why do you want him? I don't know. So, anyhow. Any Roll on, Bark. Any and So, this draft, I think quarterback is solid. We, we've covered quarterback, running back, and now we're going to wide receiver. I think that quarterback is a solid position. I, there's some starters in there. I think they're starting to rise. Drew Locke's starting to rise. Haskins is kind of staying where he's kind of been. Kyler Murray's kind of staying where he's been the past month or so. For you, Daniel Twitchers, Jones is still out there. For you, the Twitchers, uh, North Carolina just got beat by Auburn. Oh, <laughs> upset. Sorry. Sorry, Basket, Twitchers. It's, it's the basketball show. The basketball <laughs> fan show. Back row basketball. So, anyways, enough with the basketball. Wow, Neil, you okay over there, buddy? Yeah, I'm better. Woo. Anyways, so quarterbacks, I think it's a good group. Running back, I think it's atrocious. It's Ralea. I don't think it's Talia. atrocious. I just don't think that— For your th- fantasy team. Yeah, th- there's going to be guys. <laughs> Nothing clear cut. We ju- yeah, we all. just don't know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there was another Kareem Hunt in this year's class, or two, so to speak, but I don't know who it is. I feel like it's going to be some guy who just— falls into the right situation that you didn't even expect him to, you know, eventually start. You know, someone who's behind a, maybe not an older guy, but an aging guy, and you're like, wait, oh, whoa, the other dude went down? Wow, you know, 125 yards a game for three games in a row, and he's going to be a, a great asset to have on your team that you had stored in your taxi squad with no hope of starting. I get that. So. But. There's so, no Zeke this year. We'll just keep that. No, way. absolutely no. I, I like the Bama running Hell, backs. There's no Sony Michelle this year. Ah, <laughs> uh, there there could be. I think there could be. A I'm Sony talking about the, the people that I had hyped last year. Like I loved Sony Michelle. I like I loved Carryon Johnson. I loved uh, a couple years back. I love Zeke. I don't have a guy that I'm like. I if I I would trade up for one I want to get. There's obviously not a Saquon. I don't think there's a Darius guys. Someone who you feel like you have to take one, two, or three. No. There definitely that, is that's one my of those point. guys. I, I I do think as long as Josh Jacobs land in the lands in the right landing spot, he could be one one. But if not, I, I think this is going to be one of those years where you look through dynasty leagues and there's a could possibly be a different guy going at one in three or four different leagues. Could be T.J. Hawkinson. Who knows? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know about all that. But what, all right. right. What are you going to do? But. This class definitely receivers that I would like to draft. I'm not going to sell the farm to get the picks to acquire them. But with that being said, I wish I had an intro music like wide receiver one. Okay. Anyways, continue. Carry on. The guy I do have as my wide receiver one. I ranked him. These guys did something a little different. We're going to bring you different aspects, outlooks. My number one, and then you can give your feedback on him and agree or disagree. A.J. Brown, to me, he's my clear-cut number one. He's the guy, when I watched the tape, I saw the most natural receiver in the draft, the smoothest. This dude is buttery smooth. He is. In and out of breaks smoothly. His arms pop up out of nowhere in in a smooth, fluid motion to catch the ball. Like, he just... Looks like the epitome of what a wide receiver is supposed to do on the field. And he's he's slithery, silky smooth and slithery. He just finds ways to get open and he finds the soft spots in the zone. To me, he's the literally safest. my number one note on AJ Brown was 
so- find soft spots in the zone. He finds soft spots, and he can be a big play guy, but to me, he's a safe pick. He might be the safest pick in the whole draft at wide receiver, in my opinion. He also tracks the ball well. He's great after the catch. Will you please stop reading my notes? It, I'm tracks sorry. Tracks ball well in the air. Yeah. <laughs> like, he does. He I, tracks the ball extremely well. He's good after the catch, and he's silky smooth. I, I just think he is a can't miss. I, I like not a clear cut top fantasy wide receiver, but whoever drafts him, I don't think his bust potential is very high at all. I think he is definitely going to be a productive NFL receiver. Will that spell fantasy stardom or number one wide receiver on your fantasy team? I don't know that, but I do think that he'll be a good contributor, and I think that he can be a starter on your fantasy team. Potential to be a one, but I think he's definitely going to be good enough to be a wide receiver too. So in addition to what you said, um, fights for the ball really well. You know, some cont- contested catches, very effective at ripping the ball away from the uh, the DB. Um, my comp to him from the tape that I'm seeing is kind of a Golden Tate, maybe a healthy Victor Cruz in his prime mix. Like, as you said, smooth. Like, the dude cuts and you're like, Did, that was he didn't really like cut. He he just all of a sudden changed direction. It, it, I don't know. It, it's so smooth that the, it's almost not jerky, if you will. Like no, it's just jerky boom. He's, he's he's turned, and you're like, that's uh, okay. I mean, effective because you know the DB stand, standing there where he was, and he's you know two yards to the inside. I mean, I like him, and I'm I'm not gonna say that he's can't miss, but of the two guys I named, Tate and Cruz. I mean, yeah, I know I Cruz that. only had a one year. <laughs> Uh, of uh, fantasy production, but I mean, solid hands, you know, very soft hands, and catches a lot of balls. I mean, I, there's I, not there's not a lot to dislike about AJ Brown. I love the Cruz in his prime comp. I didn't think about it, but when I think about it now that you said it, like Victor Cruz was extremely smooth, found soft spots, could also go deep. Yeah, he was just he just looked like a classic NFL wide receiver out there. And I think that that's AJ. If you want to see how, how good AJ Brown is, have someone just a five yard lob over your head, over your head and just put your hands out with just your head turned. That's a, that's a difficult thing to Mm do without shoulder pads and helmet on. And he does it just like in stride, like, Nope, no big deal. He plays a lot bigger than six feet. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he really does. He's a six, six foot, but he plays a lot bigger than that from what I've seen. Almost a running back type body at, at wide receiver. I think like him being six foot though is like I swear like the, all the jump balls and stuff like that we've seen too. It's like I don't know how he did it. Yeah, he's he's very good at the point of attack too. Not the best in the draft at the point of attack. Yeah. I mean, he's not he hold his own. He's not Odell Beckham at the point of attack, but no. he's he, he wins a lot of jump balls against some pretty darn good competition. Yes, the there's a couple guys in this class that I think are Beckham like at the point of attack. Yeah, but they're I, usually I like six four, six five. Can't wait to talk there's about. Of, there's too. not a lot of. T- there's really not all. Um, there's not a lot of tall guys in the draft on the, at the top anyway. So no, no, a lot of a lot of six footers, six one, six two at the most, and then you got, and then you got the number two guy on my list, and I, and I don't even. I'm not excited about putting him here, but I have to put him here. DK Metcalf. So we got two Ole Miss guys, one and two for me, anyways. And the the reason I do that is because DK Metcalf. There's no disputing the fact that he's a beast. He's an athletic beast. He's an imposing wide receiver to go up against. My my big worries are injuries. And like penalties. Injuries, penalties, which Arms pointed out earlier. Go ahead and talk about that for a second. So the one thing as you watch DK Metcalf's highlight reel, it's he's catching the ball that's contested, but usually with like a two-hand push-off. 
I mean, that's getting called a lot in the NFL. Like, for his body type, he's not as, you know, aggressive at the point of attack. You'd think that he's just going to outbody someone. And a lot of times, it's him pushing off and getting the ball. I mean, he's got to work on that to be effective at the NFL level. And, oh, by the way, the guys you were playing, as good as the SEC is— most of those guys aren't going to be the guys you're running, you know, facing against on Sunday. Especially with the rule change when it comes to interference. Yeah. Interviewable. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree too. I caught that too. I didn't put it in my notes, but I caught it and I thought about it and I doubted myself like, no, he's not pushing off any more than normal. But you know what? He he is. He absolutely is. And and that's not going to fly at the next level. But that can also be taught. Yeah. He might be able to be coached out of that the one thing you're going to have with dk metcalf if you have him on your fantasy team let's just say that he walks in as a number two receiver on the team there's going to be a lot of games that you would have won had his catch not been called back because of penalty like that's what i feel i think he's going to catch you know a couple balls a game 20 30 yards downfield and you're like geez you know just and you realize that the reason he caught is because he knocked the other guy down i definitely feel like he can be coached i feel like he can be dominant if he can stay healthy. Another knock I got on him, though, I'm giving him the number two spot literally based off of physical prowess and speed because those are two things that are, I mean, if you like have Barden. <laughs> if you have that kind of speed, Ramsey's Barden was somewhat imposing, but he was also lanky. Yeah. No, I'm just so a DK Metcalf, like point of attack, no one better in this class. Someone close, in my opinion, but no one better. The speed, the physical prowess, that's what makes him number two to me. But another thing that could sink him, in my opinion, is he needs to run better routes. He doesn't have a large route tree. He's not a tactician on the field by any means. So if any if that physicality or speed fails him at all because of injury, he doesn't have anything to fall back on. So he looks like a like a bigger Terrell Owens, like you know, someone who's just bulky and strong. But if, if you watch most of what he does, honestly, most of it's just downfield. I mean, you got more Deshaun Jackson in what he actually does than you do Terrell Owens in actual practice. And that, that's it's scary whenever that, that's your game. I mean, we all know burner receivers. They're, uh, they're peaks and valleys, man, peaks and valleys. And it's, I have a worry that DK Metcalf is going to be one of those peaks and valleys kind of guys. And I don't really know of anyone off the top of my head that physically matches up with him that has that same type of you know peaks and valleys because he's just a big play guy. But game the way he plays the game, it's almost Dante Stallworth-like, so to speak. He's a one-trick pony, really. Yeah. I, I heard an interesting comp. I believe it was a dude I play with named Kevin in the league, in Singer. How you doing? Thanks for the, thanks for the com- comp. I didn't see it completely, but Stephen Hill, a really big, yep. fast receiver out the of Boston. Georgia Tech. Well, yep. same, yeah, same place out, out of Georgia Tech. Yeah. Same place, Calvin Johnson and right. Demaris Thomas. Right. Now, that comp, it he, he told me that comp, and it makes some sense. Stephen Hill was fast, big. He didn't, have, he didn't have quite the build that DK Metcalf had. Terrible receiver in the NFL. Terrible receiver in the Jets. NFL. I don't think DK is going to be <laughs> terrible, but I don't know if DK can sustain – if I've that, got pick physique can be a stud. If I've got pick one, two, or three, and I need a receiver, it's not going to be DK Metcalf for me. No, 
I agree. I got him on two in the in the off chance that my hunch on him is wrong because it's, that it's, happens. It's hype and the freakish, you know, size pretty yeah. much. Well, he was good. I, I mean, pers- the he numbers didn't play, are he didn't play a whole season either, though, right. at the end. So it's like I personally think the the factor with DK Metcalf is if you pick him at let's say number two or number three, his camp hype is going to be through the freaking roof and you're going to be able to trade him for more than he's worth. I agree with that 100%. He might be worth drafting to trade. Yeah, you might even do it to try to get get rid of him before camp comes. I mean, if you miss, you miss. Can't can't hit if you don't swing, right? Boom. So number three on my list. This one's going to be somewhat unpopular, I think, but Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, for me, stood out on tape. Mm -hmm. Reason being... Something that I've noticed in the league, not all of them, but if you're a quick Twitch athlete, mm-hmm. and that's not about us being live on video on Twitch right now, quick Twitch. Like you have that, your limbs, your muscles, your right. motors, your gears, they have a, your, a different level. Your they, cuts are at a different speed. Yeah. You're able to throw your arm up faster. You know, if you're a defensive end rushing, you just you can make sudden movements a lot quicker than most and Debo Samuel has that quick twitch and it's not just that 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 brings him to number three for me he can also track the ball yes he's good at the point of attack and the thing I noticed besides the quick twitch that blew my mind he is one step ahead of everyone after the catch if you notice the tape the balls that he comes down with his head immediately goes to the ground. He looks to the ground immediately mm-hmm. to see where his first foot is going to be planted after the catch and where his takeoff point is going to be. And that blew my mind that a that a young kid in college is coming into the league is that aware on the field. His awareness after the ball hits his hands is uncanny. Like he has his next move planned out. And he doesn't do it before the catch. He does it. As soon as the ball hits his hand, he's never looking ahead. His head goes to where his foot's going to land and take off from. It's it's very cool. You know, I know you've seen a lot of DK or Debo Samuel uh, whenever he uh, got three touchdowns against Clemson. Clemson, I mean, they still won by like thirty points, but you know, I haven't been I haven't been the number two receiver when when it's all shook up. You have him at what number two? Nice. I I, I like I like AJ number one, but so. I, my comp for so the, similar notes. He fights for the extra yard. And, and, like another guy, crazy. he's also he's small. He's not even six foot. And he once again plays bigger than than five eleven. Much bigger than five eleven. Uh, yeah. That, uh, so Debo Samuel can, high points very well for only being six foot, give or take. Um, three touchdowns against the best defense in college football last he year. He manhandled those DBs, I mean, man. He did. Awful. And he, if you watch the tape, like he was open. Like he was open, open, open at all times. Now, could that some of that been uh, prevent defense? I mean, they were up twenty points <laughs> yeah. most of the game. I mean, yeah, um, aware uh, the, his awareness is next level. I mean, it, it, whenever you see this kid come out on Madden, he's gonna have like a ninety four awareness as a rookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, like I see two players that's sort of a mixture between these two, and it's Doug Baldwin and Kiki Kuti. Just something, he's somewhere in the middle of those two guys. Uh, just the awareness, the fight after the catch. Uh, I, I, I love him. I Honestly, I, I, I'm i a big fan of Debo Samuel. He, I can see the Doug Baldwin comparisons. Yeah. I'm a big Kiki fan, too, though. Yeah, Kiki looked good when he was healthy last year. I'm not even going to trash the fact that you threw a Kiki Kuti reference out there because 
dude looks like in a year or two he could be you know one of the next big things from the slot position or maybe even you know line him up all over the place. Think if he's guy. actually good before his rookie contract ended yeah. and him and Hopkins together. No right. doubt. Yeah, I mean Debo's going to be a, fuller, maybe yeah, he's going to be a hell of a slot receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Honestly, the only knock I got on Debo, which can be said for a lot of this draft class. He has solid speed, but he can be caught from behind. And I saw a lot of him being caught from behind on tape. But listen. But that's Doug Baldwin. Not every, not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Not everyone's breaking it there off for act. a touchdown every time they get some space. But Debo, I, I still loved everything I saw. I don't worry about that That caught from behind speed. We worry way too yeah. much about 40 times. We worry way. Oh, man, he only got me 50 yards. If he could have got me 60, he'd score. Sorry, sorry about getting you those yeah. fifty yards. There, sorry, sorry, getting hunk, hunk and field for you. There's yeah. there, there's six points instead of you know thirteen. Sorry, yeah, absolutely. So number four that I've got. If you unless anybody has any more to add to Debo, and you gotta love the name. Oh, dude! <laughs> Whenever I first heard the name Debo Samuel, I'm like, oh man, this monstrous middle linebacker they're getting ready to talk about, and they're like, right, wide With receiver, five eleven. I'm like, <laughs> what? A wide name Debo? First off, he's about the age of when Friday came out. Yep. So you name your kid Debo, you have a hope that he is going to end up looking like James Harrison, not Doug Baldwin. <laughs> I do like the kid, though. Yeah. As do I. Hopefully you don't have the crossed eyes. Maybe that's why he sees where he's going to land after he catches it. They might have what, the crossed eye effect. Ooh, maybe he came out with crossed eyes, and that's the reason they did it. I've no, I've, might be. You might have teams out there looking for kids with crossed eyes on the street. Like, listen, can you c- come here? I got time. You're forty. Can you steal a bike? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's my bike. <laughs> my bike. Number four. This one's not going to be that popular either because honestly, draft pundits have him anywhere from six to ten. I'm not a draft pundit. I'm not a professional. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a back row fantasy show guy. We're and we're a feeler. That's right. Riley Ridley. Riley Ridley is another one of those safer picks to me. Like, I don't know about him jumping off the page as a stud in the league, but I think he's going to be a productive NFL player, and I think he has wide receiver three potential, not right out of the gate, but maybe year two he could be a wide receiver three for you and possibly grow from there because of all the receivers that I watched, he has the most potential, kind of limited on offense that played the running game a lot. I know Jake Fromm is there, but Jake Fromm – Great quarterback, yeah, but didn't target Ridley a ton, and I don't think it's because he wasn't open. There's just that was a very well-rounded football team yes. that didn't pepper Ridley with targets. I mean, if you want to see some Riley Ridley highlights, I mean, I think last year going into the not this past year, but the previous mm-hmm. national championship game, like he had like 20 catches going <laughs> into that, and I mean, honestly, looked better than Calvin Ridley. In the national championship game, I mean, brothers playing against each other, so to speak. You know, obviously both on offense, but he looked really, really solid. Um, my comp to him, like he's a possession guy. I don't. If you watch his tape, he doesn't get a ton after the catch. He's he's fighting for it, but it's just it, I don't know whether the coverage is on him and they're planning for him. But it's like he makes a guy miss and then he's tackled. Um, he's got great concentration. You'll see a ball that might be, you know, tipped and he still, you know, can come down with it. He's a solid route runner, but he's not Calvin Ridley solid no. route runner. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the, the closest I can off the top of my head come to him, he's like a poor man's AJ green. Yeah. Yeah. He has a lot of that to him. The only, the, I think the main differential, which is my knock on Ridley 
from AJ Green is Ridley looks a little stiff. Just just a little stiff. He's not that fluent. He's not that smooth. He's very stiff, but what he makes up for that stiffness with is great at the point of the catch, and he's very smart. Reason, some some yeah. of the moves he makes are very smart. Some the, reason of the, why I, the reason why I even had him, had him in the top 10 of my list anyway is because of the fact that how many possession receivers are in this draft. Yeah. Right. Like he's he's He has a big name. He played well. Yeah, he's yeah. he's possession all the way. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, there's like maybe two to three top guys. And, I mean, and he's big enough and ha- has the hops. He can be a red zone threat. It's just he didn't put up eye-popping numbers in right. college. Because um, there's been rumblings of past taking him back in the third, fourth round if he's available. <sighs> Dude, that'd be a steal. They, they need a possession but, receiver. And I'll tell you, the, the guy that I had closest at the point of attack to DK Metcalf is Ridley. I think he he was exceptional. He runs the cones the better. Attack. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom Brady. <laughs> right. Tom Brady's a very uh, smooth athlete. Smooth is the, the key of the show. But yeah, Riley Ridley, I would have no qualms about adding him to my fantasy team. And you might be able to get him Fairly in the second, ch- in the I was second gonna say round. You should probably get Riley Ridley pretty cheap. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I'd love for the Raiders to pick him up. Like, you know, probably, I don't, well, that's bad comp. I'm just thinking lankier guys, but he doesn't have the speed of a Jordy Nelson. No. Ridley's know? got a little meat on his bones. I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't even call him lanky. I think he's kind of, uh, kind of got that perfect wide receiver build, at least for his height. Like, I, I think he's just solid enough to where he don't need to put on weight in, in the weight room. Who was the kid he's from? 99. From what was it, Florida that played for the Eagles, um, right, right, right uh, cowboy guy. Yeah. Oh man, what Cooper? the heck? Yeah, yeah. Riley, Riley, Riley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. I always get him kinda, confused kinda with Bradley. Has a little Cooper. bit of a reminding of. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of him. Wasn't he in Silver Linings Playbook? I don't. Know. Yeah, as an Eagles fan. Uh, when uh, I mean Cooper Riley. Riley Cooper. Riley, Riley Cooper. Cooper. He was in Silver no Linings. Idea. I've playbook, never saw right? that show. He may have been. I, I mean, it's I, about I a playbook. It. Never saw it. It's a pretty good movie. It is a good movie. I'm sure it is. It is. Okay. It really is. It's great. You guys going to go watch a notebook and cry here in a minute? It's nothing like the notebook. I'm sure it's not. Gosh. Such a, such an <laughs> assumer. I bet he's never even seen The Princess Bride. I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. I know Andre Giant's in it. There you go. It's a great right? movie. I guess he drank like 64 beers a day on set. Well, you know. Andre Giant's my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. So I assume we're Next. nothing to add from you yeah, guys. Do you have anything else to add? No, nah, it's all Riley Ridley. I mean, I, I do like him. He does have some development to go, though. I, it's there, too. Like, he can definitely be coached up, and with a year or two in the league, maybe a third-year breakout guy. I mean, he's, yeah. he he can do it. I, you can do it. You could do it. Really. But with any wide receiver, though, if they go to a person's team that they like, they're going to snag him. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. If he goes to the right team, he could be. So he still go in the mid first or late first in a lot of fancy drafts. Wouldn't it be fun if he went to the Fal- the Falcons, played with his brother? That actually would be really. I mean, Georgia, Georgia. You know, honestly, Georgia to, that would be a pretty cool concept it's, because it's, Snoo's not there anymore, is he? Uh, I don't think as so. As of right now, I don't. Is Snoo free agent then? Maybe they. Maybe, not, maybe there I haven't was, heard uh, him sign anywhere. I'm not sure else. what happened. With no, him. he's still there. There's trade rumors that he might be moved. I'm just thinking conceptually. You know, you're few. You can't have that much more uh, time left with Julio. You know, maybe you let Julio groom him to getting ready to sign him to another contract to move it. Apparently, yeah. so. hey, awesome. He's, how he's how still they afford him and Ryan? I don't get it. I don't know. I know one thing that would spell bad news for your favorite dude, Austin Hooper, if they 
<laughs> you know that that part okay. part time uh, podcaster yep. Austin Hooper, part time tight end, part time uh, dog groomer Austin Hooper. <laughs> That's for you, Dan. All right, number five on the list, uh, Kelvin Harmon, and this was kind of clear cut to me. I was looking through all my notes, and I was like, you know what? Nobody stood out as much as Kelvin Harmon to me in the five slot. Uh, and, that, and that's it comes down to something a little different than Debo Samuel for me. Not the a step ahead, but he's a, he's not focused on what happens after the catch. He's focused on the catch. Kelvin Harmon, I saw no receiver on tape as much as Kelvin Harmon not take his eyes off the quarterback. Kelvin Harmon keeps his eyes on the quarterback the whole way through his route. Like, he is ready for the ball, whether he's open or not, mm-hmm. 99% of the time. He has always eyes on the quarterback. Dude can run with his head twisted backwards. And and that could be why I have the note on him. He's not a burner. No. He's, he's one of the few possession receivers. I yeah. Got, I got not a game breaker, but we'll 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 classify that as the same thing. He He's not a burner. He's... I mean, excellent at contested catches. He's yes. thick. I mean, you're, you're watch his highlights. It's like two guys closing in, and both there's six hands on the ball, but he's the one coming down with it. And my comp to him, Alshon Jeffrey. Like he reminds me a lot of Alshon Jeffrey. God, just I hate Alshon. Oh, I love Alshon, <laughs> but you know the ability to rip that ball away just by being that stronger. You know, stronger than the DB, and like I could see him having an Alshon Jeffrey type career. You know, it just came to me, Alshon Jeffrey. Is nothing more than Devin Funches that actually took his vitamins growing up. Alshon Jeffries, Devin Funches knows how to run. Yeah. Has that, did, I could be wrong, but has Alshon had more than one good year outside of the time when he was with Marshall? He had what, like a 1,300 yard year with Marshall? And then when he was other with Marshall. Nets, a few, I think some 900 to yeah, 1,000 yeah. yard years. He's not, Jeffrey had, like, there's, you're not expecting 1,500 yards a year out of him. <laughs> I mean, coming to the league, honestly, I was because he looked like the the best receiver in the SEC when they had AJ Green and Julio Jones. I mean, he put up ridiculous stats. He smoked Clemson a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then Kelvin Harmon, like we said earlier, not a game breaker. So honestly, I think that's the biggest knock on him is just that lack of a top gear. But one more plus for Kelvin Harmon, out of all the receivers that I watched. He also probably, to me, is the best at making the adjustment for the catch. Yep. Like, he can literally bend his body into a 90-degree angle. Large catch radius. for the ball. Large catch radius, but he, he also has a kind of like Happy Gilmore. It's all in the hips for Kelvin Harmon. He can literally bend himself and contort himself to catch the ball, whether it's behind him, in front of him. Nobody I saw caught the back shoulder throw better than Kelvin Harmon. So he's like Alshon Jeffrey. I. I don't I'm know who fired. this Alshon Jeffrey guy is that you're talking about, but to me, he's not that good. He's kind of like a uh, small DK Metcalf, a little stiff. If Alshon Jeffrey didn't have injuries, he would have been top flight receiver for if, the better if, part if of his Bo career. Ja- if Bo Jackson had injuries, you know. Alshon, yeah, I agree. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey is the reason I worry about DK Metcalf because Alshon Jeffrey came out a man on fire year one. He doesn't. Now, granted, there's no speed comparison. Alshon Jeffrey's not super fast. But Jeffrey looked fantastic in year one, and that bigger body seemed to slow him down year two and on. And but, that's what I worry about with DK. But if you watch, with Calvin Harmon, if you watch, there's not a lot, a lot of times he's behind the DB. He's right there. I mean, they're on him. He's just coming down with the ball. I get that. that. That's, that's where not it becomes, Alshon, though. Yeah. That is exactly what Alshon does. Psh. 
Alshon's not getting a, away from anybody. He's just catching the ball contested. Well, he, did, he didn't run a 4-6. Like, so he's not as fast as 4-5 to 4-6. Uh, Kelvin? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. It's like Kelvin Benjamin <laughs> type speed right there. I can't believe he's still on a team. I'm pretty sure he's he, – I think he's a free agent, but he's still listed as Kansas City. But, man. Give it time. How, how far did that guy fall? Marquise Brown is my number six. I know. I got him way mm. down there. This is a contender for arms as number one. But Love me some Marquise Brown. Hollywood. Listen, I'm going to start out with the cons because this is not popular to have Hollywood Brown down this low. But the cons to me, not a huge route tree. He's kind of a one-trick pony in my opinion. Most of what I saw was wide open down the middle. Dude's a burner. But to me, he is Deshaun Jackson. That's not a bad thing. I'd be okay having Deshaun Jackson on my fantasy team, but I'm not thrilled about Deshaun Jackson because it's boom bust. It's peaks and valleys. You said it yourself earlier. The burners have peaks and valleys, and I think Marquise Brown is going to have peaks and valleys. See, I saw it, when watching his highlights, which we're not going to watch all the drops, right? You know, that's that's not on YouTube. They're not like every Marquise Brown oh, drop. You, you can watch a lot of the – I watched a lot of uh, just his plays where he didn't catch the ball and – he was open on most of them, but <laughs> it could be like a thing. There could be a thing to be said about the fact that offense, if everybody's open like they were, right? And you got Kyler Murray, and I, I know you don't believe yeah, in him hey, at the in next college, level. He's, he was a stud, fantastic. I mean, lasered balls in there. I don't know if there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be able to find Marquise Brown with that laser like Kyler Murray did. I'm not saying Kyler Murray's better than every starter in the league, but they had a special connection. Like, they were on the same page, like nothing I had seen in Oklahoma over the past Dude, uh, several years. I don't know what— Kind of like the Mike Evans-Manziel connection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what uh, Hollywood Brown ran, but I'm going to guess it was ridiculously fast. And for the—I mean, on his drag routes, just cutting in between two or three defenders. I mean, it's—I know you're, I'm going to get tore up for this because I, I mentioned it pre-show. But it's almost like he's— Somewhere between uh, between Alvin Kamara and Reggie Bush with the ball in his mm. hands. I mean, the kid's got wicked cuts. He's fast, and I mean, it's he's almost a four three guy. His his change of direction is is like he did not stop running in a straight line. Like I love Marquise Brown. Like he's just he has the potential to be an absolute top flight slot receiver, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but not a PPR slot receiver. And I think in the way that we play fantasy football I now. Got I want that PPR slot receiver. I want that Jarvis Landry, that Adam Humphreys. Now, I'm not saying that for – I don't like Humphreys in Tennessee. I'm not going to go into all that. But I want I want that Wes Welker-style slot receiver that can get peppered, catch close to 100 balls. Marquise, I don't see Marquise Brown but when, doing that. I see the 60-70, to 70, Deshaun Jackson catches seven touchdowns, close to 1,000 yards. That's great. I'm not saying don't draft him. I think he's going to be a fine player at the next level. But I don't think he's going to give you the consistent, you know, fifteen point and up games. You're going to get a six here and there. Man, his his catch and turn though is, is wicked. I mean, I it wouldn't surprise me if he had double digit touchdowns once he broke starting lineup. Like he just he is so so quick. And I don't I don't normally try to you know praise on someone because I know a lot of speed doesn't translate to the next level. I think Hollywood Browns does. I I think he's Ted Ginn, or. Deshaun Jackson. I think he's more of a T.Y. There we go. There we go. Yeah. That is a great comp. Yeah, he's, he's definitely not Tyreek. But... No. 
Could be. Eh. Tyreek. He's fast. He's not as shifty, I don't think, as Tyreek. He's, oh, he he's, he's stupid shifty, but T.Y. Yeah. Hilton's stupid shifty. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton's something different, too, you know? Maybe. I, I could I could totally whiff on the Marquise Brown. The, the kid looks, and once again, of course, watch mostly highlights, right? He just looks wicked. I trust the bigger guys for some reason. I, I, I don't. I don't trust these fast guys. Do you remember whenever I wrote the uh, the it was like twenty facts about fantasy football or something like that in the uh, old UFC? It's been a while. But <laughs> I, I had wrote it, and the one thing like you're more likely to find the next AJ Green than you are the next Wes Welker at the time. Like you're a lot more likely to find a six foot three receiver that's successful by taking shots in the dark than you are by finding a five foot ten receiver that's successful. I mean, it's very difficult to find that small guy who's going to be able to tear it up in the league. Yeah, and that's that's part of my reservation. But like I said, it, I'm drafting him if he if five receivers have went before him for me. So which ain't happening, but yeah, no. Number seven, a popular riser right now, kind of came out of nowhere because honestly, as soon as the NFL offseason started, I saw this guy as a third or fourth round pick. Now I'm seeing him to the Ravens, and I swear to God, every single mock draft I see online, Ravens first round, Paris Campbell. I know. Even arms, even arms, the Bucknut is rolling his eyes. I like Paris Campbell. Don't get me wrong by any means, but me having him as the number seven receiver clearly means he's not a first round prospect in my eyes. I watched too many Ohio State games with too many wide receivers get the ball put in both of their hands and it hit the dirt, the turf. Just too many times. I mean, there's not... It was it was honestly awful. Was, if you actually think about it, Haskins' numbers should have been way, way better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there, I, there are games what? that there are games no, the Buckeyes should have won by 50 that they eked out. Yeah, a lot of the Buckeye games, the salt was constant drops. Oh, okay. It, it was almost... I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting yeah. down now. It was almost like... They played two different players the first and second half. Like Paris Campbell, there's times in the first half of the game, he'll drop three balls. Second <laughs> half of the game, he takes two screens to the house. And Thank like, God he runs fast there, right? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> like, I, I like the kid athletically, but I'm not I'm not expecting much out of Paris Campbell in the next level. So. And does Lamar Jackson really need that real, like a speedster guy? I, I pick him as needing more of a possession guy. I, I agree. He needs a Jarvis Landry type receiver. Or a Harry. Yeah. I, I like him. Like I, I don't. I, I'm not hating on Paris Campbell by any means. Nothing the Ravens. But, that's the big. That's the thing. I don't like. Yeah, that's I mean, not everybody, a great landing spot. Everybody has him going to Ravens, but it's like they don't need a. They need a. They, they, need, they, need, every, they need everything. They but, don't need a. First, well, they need a possession receiver and a speed receiver. Right. You I, know. I mean, that Rince team Lather needs. Pete. That team needs a possession guy way more than that's, they I agree. need a, a speedster. You know, Willie Willie Sneed. They they've got some small guys in their lineup. They they need that big guy, in my opinion. Paris Campbell's not that guy. And Paris Campbell, like maybe this bodes well for him, but ninety percent of the big plays I saw from Paris Campbell, no one was near him. Maybe he got that open. Maybe he was overlooked. I don't know. But I, I'm talking. Yeah, I mean, whenever about, you whenever you drop, you know, you know, four out of eight balls, you're going to get open every now and again because there's right. no need to cover you. Now, in all fairness, he did just fine with the hands drills at the combine. Yep. So, again, coachability maybe. Saving grace for Ravens is they could take me taking him as a one of the top fast guys, and then later down the line they'll get a possession guy. Yeah. If they swing and miss on Paris Campbell, you've got Hayden Hurst, Paris Campbell, countless other recent swing and misses. Well, since Ozzie Newsom left, really. 
You know, Oz the Ravens still there, isn't he? I don't think he's, this is the end of his. Well, he's out, his duties are like his duties have changed or something like okay. that. That's yeah. one of the reasons why Suggs kind of went to the way of the Warrior there. But as far as Paris Campbell goes, I do think he's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, he did to me. He didn't shine. Something that bodes well for him too. He didn't shine until he got Haskins. Obviously, JT Barrett, not the greatest thrower in the world. <laughs> Agreed. But that, that could have held him back. Paris Campbell kind of looks like a one-hit wonder. But then again, he got a pocket passer his final year in school, or at least before he declared, and then he shined. So, yeah. so maybe, maybe with the right quarterback, he can shine in the NFL. But I do think wherever he goes, teams are going to need to manufacture some plays for him. You, I don't think you just split him out or put him in the slot and just expect him to run around and get open. You, there's got to be some screens. Ohio State used him a lot in the yep. screen game. And I think you could do some reverses and some pitch outs to him as well. Like you're going to have to use him kind of kind of like a quarter L Patterson, but with a lot more volume. I'm actually thinking he's more of a Deshaun Jackson type player because he's fast. I mean, he does have some some great cuts. I mean, I, I'll give the kid credit where credit's due, but hit the oh, it's, it's maddeningly inconsistent with his hands, and and I I, I refuse to believe that. Uh, that I mean, I watch the games. I mean, it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, handpicking things. I watch the games across the middle. I mean, are you getting gator arms? No, both hands out, hits the palms of both hands, and then just fumbles it out. His hands are too inconsistent for me. And honestly, that's never something that solves itself at the next level. Never. I've not seen it happen yet. They grow new hands. Yeah. Right. So you have no faith in super athlete David Njoku. Volume, volume. You know he need, he's got he's going to have to get as many targets as David Njoku and just trust that he's going to catch four out of eight, five out of ten. Number eight. Uh, again, probably not going to be popular. Nikhil Harry. I, a lot of people are going to have him a lot higher, and I, and I like Nikhil Harry. I like the physicality that I saw on tape. I saw the the route running on tape like. It's okay. He's not terrible. He's not great at running routes, but he's got enough there to build on. To me, he's another boom-bust guy. To me, he looks a lot like another guy, to me, that had the same characteristics. Laquan Treadwell. I see a lot of Laquan Treadwell in his game, and that worries me. So I, I think he's a boom-bust guy. He's not not fast. Not fast. He's a little bit stiff, but he's physical. And that'll give him a chance, but I'm I'm not that high on Nikhil Harry. I like him because I think this draft is deep. I think any other year he'd probably be five for me, maybe in my top five, four or five. But this year in particular, because of the depth and because there is no clear-cut number one and there's little things that separate a lot of these guys, he's number eight for me. we got to remember, Laquan Treadwell was typically the consensus number one receiver coming out of his rookie draft class. <laughs> For one, um, two didn't pan out in the NFL. That was a weak class. I, and I, 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 was I didn't class. have Laquan high. Who was the other one? There was somebody if, else. If he was number one as receivers, oh, yes. there, there was two of them that you're like, oh, you know, this guy, and I can't remember. That. I, I feel like it's Corey Davis, but it wasn't. No, it's um, been longer. But I see a lot of Plaxico Burris, like reaching back, you know, into the file a little bit. Kind of a bigger, lankier guy. His cuts aren't, you know, just they're not lightning or anything like that, but. Contest very aware of where he's at on the field. You know, a lot of his catches to where he's around the sideline, he's he's getting two feet down in college. Um, high points, great. 
Um, I don't think he's got a ridiculous vertical or anything, but the fact that he's what like six six, I mean, he's a monster. He's he's above everybody else when he catches the ball and does a great job of of getting it down with the uh, in between defenders and above defenders. Let's read. I, I, I love uh, Nikhil Harry, and a lot of people do. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that vary with me on this. He's in one, my. He's he's up there in my top two or three. Let's uh let's revisit the 2016 draft class real quick since we talked about Treadwell a little bit. The the first guy picked was Corey Coleman. This is a pretty bad class, by the way. Yeah, if it had to been for receiver. Corey Coleman. Then you have Josh Doxson, who mm. I I have zero faith in. That was the other guy. It was yep. uh, Treadwell and Doxson. Was the and only... Coleman. Coleman was up there in the number one conversation as far as wide receivers in fantasy. Yeah, but, I mean, the numbers that the other two put up were stupid. Corey Coleman had a Marquise Brown-like uh, you know, play style. Sorry. Uh, but then you had Treadway. Treadway. Treadwell. Sterling Shepard and Michael Thomas were in that class. Michael, so Michael Thomas is an absolute steal. Wasn't all bad. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> See, that's, that's another thing. Look at the city well. taking Michael Thomas's slate. Bodes well for uh, Buckeye receivers. They they could be could be a steal. Brian Hartline was a steal at one time. You remember that guy? <laughs> oh, Brian Hartline. I remember him and uh, God. Who was it? Man, it might have been Hartline and Julio Jones. They were. It was like Dolphins versus Falcons. I think. And the, the announcer said, today we get to see two of the best in the NFL and Brian Hartline <laughs> and Julio Jones. And he wasn't 100% wrong because Hartline was coming off that 1,000-yard season. But that's also when he, like, Maybe they thought they were watching Julio back. Jones and then watching Julio Jones again. Well, like, didn't Hartline have, like, a, like, a, like a really insane game? Like, he, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, like, and then, like, I understand he had a couple good seasons, but, like, wasn't there, like, one game, like, I was, like, super, like, Stat-heavy. Like 180 yards, yeah, two yeah, touchdowns, yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, he had a great year one year, and, and he just fell off a cliff. He decided to go to Cleveland, and that killed his career. Like Cleveland killed his career. No longer career killers, but they killed it for for one. Jerry's guy. out, right? Yep. So in Kill Harry, again, I like him, big and physical, but to me, he's going to have to get a lot better at running routes to put that physicality to use because he's not a burner. He's not a downfield. Not necessarily a downfield threat to me. He's more of that possession guy, move the chains, and he can do it. He's physical, but I, I'm I'm excited to see all these guys play and see who we get proved wrong on, who we get proved right on. And Nikhil Harry's a guy I'm going to watch closely. I mean, there's a lot of guys every year that don't really put up statistically great college you know, stats, and all of a sudden you're like, damn. Yeah, it's all system stuff. Who was that? You know, uh, 1,500 yards, you know, receiving. What What the heck? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I can't wait to see this, this year's season coming up. It's going to be interesting because there, there's not that one huge – there's no Saquon. We've said it before. Like, there is not going to – the spotlight's not going to be on any one single rookie. Yeah. Like, we're going to be watching them all. I feel like with, the spotlight's going to be on Kyler for most people. Yeah, it like, probably it, will it wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if Kyler went the way of Manziel to where a lot of people are like – the, he's the next. He's the guy who changes this, and it, I've heard it. Now the, that's if he gets selected and he starts. Like if the Cardinals pass, he could be a guy that sits for a year behind someone. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Just where he goes. The, the Pat Mahomes I, thing is I, I, tra- I is convincing owners again that you sit him for a year. Not everyone has Andy Reid. I'm just saying. Literally one team. I'm just saying. <laughs> one. It, it's a copycat league. That's why thirty year old head coaches are hot right now. So we're probably going to see some rookie quarterbacks sitting again. Still waiting on my call. Still waiting. 
great. We are older than older than yeah, Cody's. I'm, I'm yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be 34 next week. We 35 we, next week. We have literally aged out of our NFL <laughs> coaching headshot. The gap, the window closed. Yep. Especially for McVay me. shut me out. Listen, I'd I'd be ecstatic. Just uh, maybe like a linebacker coach or something. Call me Oakland, dude. I'll Vegas. coach. I'll co- I'll be the punting coach. I, like I can't kick for crap, but I'll coach it up. The greatest high high jump co- coach of all time was a paraplegic. Just remember that you don't have See? to be able to do it to teach it. <laughs> See, I can do this. That's actually not even. I'm not making that up. Yeah, I used to be. I don't remember his name. I think it's like Fosbury or something like that. No, it's not Fosbury. Fosbury was a guy in college. I had a speech class where I had to stand up and talk in front of people. Mm-hmm. Couldn't freaking do it. Like I did, but my voice shaked the whole time. Like it sounded like I was hooked to one of those. Old style, like the fat shakers, fat shaker <laughs> belts. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had a shake weight in each hand. I'm like, my story today is out, and it just didn't work. And if this wasn't a family show, I got a joke. Oh, boy. it's a family show. Well, so, this, we my, my motion on Twitch right now, if you, yeah, okay, yeah, yep, yep. So, anyways, yep, family show. So, I was terrible. Yeah, family's not watching this on Twitch, but I was terrible at speech class. But I came out of my shell a little bit, started doing the podcast and YouTube thing. So did some commercials, huh? For your previous employer, did some commercials on the radio. I did do some commercials, and I'm on like 50 vans all across Ohio. I see see it all the time. It's hilarious. With the people tell me all the time, like saw you on the van. Like which one? Anyways, so moving on. I guess I'm going way off track on that one. Number nine. This is going to be way unpopular, but I don't care what you say, Terry McLaurin. To me, dude runs great routes. Great. And, and, uh, great. <laughs> I like Terry McLaurin. He's tough. He runs good routes. He has great hands. Those are things that can make him a valuable asset to a team. There. I said it. Terry McLaurin is my number nine. To me, he's going to be a massive <laughs> sleeper. He's going to be one of those guys that go in the fourth or fifth round, and somebody got a steal. It happens every year. We got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Among other guys, every year there's a few guys that come out of nowhere, and they're good. And Terry McLaurin is a hard worker, great hands, great route runner. That spells NFL success to me. Just I've watched far too many high state receivers <laughs> drop footballs. I I lost count of who was doing it and when Terry they were McLaurin doing it. McLaurin has great hands. Did you not catch that part? He has. You must great not have watched every hands. game because I, I refuse throw. to believe Paris Campbell dropped every damn ball. You know, there was more Sick players. Pass. Oh, he dropped it. They had more players than two <laughs> wide receivers. Almost. I know. Just, yeah. Anyways, so this is going to be. I don't have a lot of input in Terry McLaurin except for uh, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> this is literally. I get. This is the part where no one has anything to say after me. It's Terry McLaurin time, and it's quiet. <laughs> You're right. Uh, it's because, nothing. You guys got nothing. I watched. Uh, let, let me put it this way. I, I, I hope, I hope this guy is a pro bowler in year one. I hope he's the Philip Lindsay of the wide receiver class. I hope he is for the pass or something. I don't care. He, he's what? Brian Rubisky? <laughs> uh, there you go. There's, Man, there's, I, had, there's I, just had, I had hopes for Rubisky. I didn't think he was good, but I wanted him to be. Yeah, That's, you want Terry McLaurin to be good too, and he's no, not going to be. No, I mean, I don't want him to be. He is good. Okay. Did the Browns run Rubisky? Yeah. Well, no. Rubisky just wasn't good. <laughs> There's nothing else that could be said. Terry McLaurin, totally different. I'm beast. all about like I want Ohio State players to, to succeed in the NFL. I know you do, but I just I, I don't. Any receiver that's came out before or after Michael Thomas in the recent memory, it's like no. Nah. 
We were like, gonna, I was on Michael Thomas from the get-go. I'm like, dude, this dude's nuts. But you're you're going to hate my next one. You're If you didn't like Terry McLaurin, you're really going to hate me here in a minute. Go ahead. All right. Number 10. Uh, unpopular. And college stats don't mean everything, but it is an indicator. Andy Isabella. You laughed. He literally laughed. I can't wait till this season comes to fruition. Listen, the reason I if have... If he's a Pat and they've got Tom Brady for five more years, absolutely. freaking loot. I have a number three. You, you have him at number three? <laughs> yes. There we go, Neil. High five. Who the hell did Andy Isabella play against? He, he didn't have to. Who'd Marquez, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> who'd, whatever you, <laughs> who'd Valdez Scantling play against? Who'd a lot of guys play against? Who did uh, Who did Antonio Brown play against in the MAC? Who's the cult receiver that came out of Mount Union? Oh, man. Pierre Garçon. Yeah, Pierre. Yeah. Who did Pierre Garçon <laughs> play against? Listen, you Pierre don't... Garçon had Peyton Manning throwing the ball. Who did Sharp play against? And <laughs> then, uh, then Andrew Luck throwing the ball. There's a different animal there. So Isabella goes to Kansas City. Oh, hell. He'd be a good oh, Cowboys hell. spot, too. Yeah. Okay, Cowboys I, I think the Cowboys one. just solidified their receiving core. I think they're fine. Yeah, I mean, they have got Noah up, Brown. No, you've got an up... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've got an up-and-coming uh, Michael Gallup. You've got Randall Cobb, if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Cobb's a fine number two receiver. And to be honest with you, we all know that Dak can't exactly support three mouths. Yeah, I don't think he can support two. In the receiving game. So, yeah. Like, I, I honestly think Cobb hurts uh, Mark Cooper. Different story for a different day. I don't like the Andy Isabella thing. Um, I, I got, got The ahead. kid is shifty. He reminds me a lot of Edelman. But unless you're going into a system that – Plays needing that Edelman type receiver, and he—he's—I believe he's faster than Edelman. He looked really fast like, playing against division freaking you know seven uh, DBs. He looked really fast, but <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you're playing against inferior competition. It just it, to me, it just is what it is. What is it in a ten? I like. I mean, honestly, <laughs> okay, well, the the a ten. There's some some freaking burners. <laughs> uh, I could play cornerback in the a ten. Here, here's the bright spots to me on Isabella. He's elusive, good at ball tracking. Because he's one five of, foot ten. That's the reason he's elusive. One of the best. He can't see he's five eight. Some of the best. <laughs> some of the best tape that I saw of players tracking the ball was on Andy Isabella's tape. Can track the ball. His moves are subtle, but they're effective. And he finds the soft spots in the middle. He does find soft spots in the middle. I'll give you credit. He, there. This guy is the 2018, 2019. I'm sorry. He's the twenty. He's the epitome of the 2019 slot receiver in the NFL. This guy can play the slot. Slot is an important position now, and this guy, to me, is going to be a great pickup. Did he get invited to the combine? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, he, he performed well. Did he perform yeah. well? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, he did. I was going to say, I, if if he tests well, different story. But I, I, I'm always resistant on somebody who plays against poor competition. That's why I started liking him as at the combine. You, know, you play against poor competition, uh, you know, how does that translate when you're playing against the best in the world? It doesn't always translate badly. Doesn't always usually doesn't translate. There's a lot of players that, that play the top competition. Do you think that he's going to be do you, do you think that he's going to be fantasy effective this year? There's like three three or four spots I think he could be. This year in the next three, I'm with Neil. In the next, there, three. There, there's a handful of spots that yes, but tell me, tell me where he can go, to where he'll be effective. New England, yeah, well, oh, obviously Miami. Geez. Okay, because they have nothing. Well, they've got a, a monstrous arm quarterback now. New York. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll buy that. 
I think he can be effective in New York. I think he can be effective in Tampa Bay. I was going to say, I think Tampa Bay be a good landing spot for I, him. I think and he's, maybe in Seattle. That's an Adam Humphreys replacement if I've ever seen. You're one. right. You're right. And I just I see a lot of Wes Welker to his game, and that's not because he's he's short know, white guy. Not like he not because he's Powder from the movie Powder. Hey, Eric McCaffrey's a short white guy too, wasn't he? No, yeah. He's like six foot. I was going to say, I think he's a little taller. Yeah. A little way. The Luan Crebet to his game. Concussions. <laughs> You know, I loved Wayne Corbett. <laughs> Wayne Corbett was, was a bad Wayne man. Wayne Corbett, Corbett had no no qualms about just jumping into a linebacker to catch a ball. I mean, he's, he might not come back come you know back in the game after that, but he's going to catch that ball. Well, he should have went the BB route and had the big padded helmet. The padded, the padding over, over to the padded helmet. Absolutely. But I like him. I like Isabella. Slot receiver extraordinaire. I think he can play. No, excellent I, for the right team. I, I don't mind him. I have him further down. You know, understandable. Probably 15-20th receiver off the board. Understandable. Because to me, he's got to go to the right team. Most teams don't have a spot for him. He it does have to be a good system that really utilizes that sw- that uh, slot receiver. Like even if he goes to New England, they still have Edelman. You know what I mean? It's 33, like but they do still have him. Still effective. Yeah, I'm not saying he's I mean, not, but how much longer is that going to last? I mean, Jordy Nelson just retired at 33, fell off a cliff the past two di- years. A whole like, different game, though. Yeah, I know. But this, you've got to admit that it is possible that Edelman hits that wall this year. Okay. I mean, it, it can You're happen. right. You no, know, you're right. Wide receivers are difficult to judge, though. They really are. Just, I mean, it's, it's almost like, all right, if they have a foot injury, like a lower ankle injury, that's whenever the decline starts coming. But for the most part, wide receivers are difficult judging whenever they're going to give out. Truth. Now, I have one bonus sleeper. Went top 10. I, there's another guy that caught my eye, and not by much, over a couple receivers out of West Virginia and a couple other prospects that I was watching. was like, yeah, they could probably be solid pros. But a guy that I saw that could grow into a solid pro, definitely not going to sniff at year one, in my opinion. And I may be – I'm probably saying his name wrong, but J.J. Arcega Whiteside – Big possession receiver. Not many of those Stanford, in this draft. Right? Yes. Not a lot in this draft. You got Riley Ridley, uh, Nikhil Harry to me is a possession guy, and then you've got Whiteside. And and I think he is a big-time sleeper as a possession guy at the next level. See, I think our Ar- Ar- Whiteside could be better year one than a Riley Ridley. Like watching his game tape reminds me a lot of like a Mike Evans style of play. I mean, tracks the ball great, uh, wins Definitely. contested catches oh, yeah. like like none other. He's not always burning somebody, but no, he's usually he's, fast. he's usually on the right side of him. You know what I mean? He's on the correct side of where the ball needs to be. Speed is definitely his Achilles heel. He's not a fast guy. Yeah, I mean, I by any means, I loved him. Honestly, I I, I think very highly. And once again, to make comparison to to Mike Evans, that's yeah. pretty damn good. I mean, Evans every other year is a twelve hundred and fifty yard guy. I mean, it's it's pretty solid. Truth. Now, something that I saw with him on tape that I wanted to point out real quickly was out of all the guys we've talked about, I won't say he had the worst quarterback, but he had the he had the worst balls thrown to him by a quarterback. I didn't see anyone else that had to adjust as much as him. No, almost no throw I saw was on target. He always had to go up or to the left or to the right. It was never in the numbers. And this guy, he put up some really solid yeah. numbers 
with balls thrown everywhere but directly to him. And that's the main reason why he's getting the Mike Evans comparisons. Yes. His gut radius is wicked. Because Manziel just threw up these dead ducks, and Mike Evans made him look good all day. Absolutely. So I think if Whiteside goes to a team with a very accurate quarterback, like if he was catching balls from a Drew Brees, they don't necessarily need him, but they always draft players that are talented no matter what anyways. But, I mean, if he had a guy like Brees throwing to him or – a guy like uh, Carson Wentz thrown to him, I think Wentz is a pretty accurate guy. But it's I mean, almost like, does he need that? I mean, he, hell, he could have Andy Dalton thrown to him, and he's going to be—he's going to catch the ball, right? But think of how many he's going to catch if they're there, yeah, true. if they're at the numbers, like those ones that he missed that sailed high or left or right. That's not going to happen. I mean, if he's got the Touché. right quarterback, so. Touché. Yeah, he could end up with Eli Manning throwing the ball and be in the same situation. <laughs> oh man, he'll make the uh, play of the year, not in the Super Bowl again, but he'll definitely have another helmet catch. Eli will be tossing one more of those. So are you done with with the guys you uh, reviewed? Well, sure. Okay, I've got a few other names that I know have uh, been popped up on some you know top 10, top 20s. Uh, Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State. Uh, guys, I think he's like six foot six. I mean, he's a big guy. I really wanted to put him in there, but I, there's just too much lacking to me. Well, 1,300 yards. I'm not – where I was going with this – I'm talking about him because I don't know how much I like him. It could be a poor quarterback. Very well could be. I mean, Iowa State, you know, it's not exactly a, you know, a hotbed for, you know, NFL production. Hotbed for five-star talent. But, uh, I mean, clunky-ish looking. Like, he looks... He looks less than fluid at any point in time in his game. And for someone who's as big as him, catches with his body a little bit more than you like to see. I mean, you want to see someone catch with their hands, and he's catching literally in his gut and like kind of, you know, letting the ball come to him instead of going to the ball. And I, I'm not a big fan on that one. Um, additionally, Anthony, I'll give him the, the nickname from the UFC guy, Rumble Johnson out of Buffalo. Yeah. Man, I. You, you were talking about guys that fight for the ball. He's almost Chad Ochocinco-like. Not the same game, but he's open when he's covered. Like At, at any point in time, he is going, he's fighting for it, and he's coming away with it and you know has some great plays after the catch, pulling away from two guys to you know get an extra 15, 20 yards. I like Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo. Um Deep, 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 deep sleeper, Ashton Doolin. Um, I believe he's out of, what was it, Malone. Um, just destroyed bad competition. Is that, is that up by Slippery Rock? <laughs> Shoot, I don't even know where the heck it's at. It's just destroyed. I mean. What happened to your level of competition argument? Yeah. No, no, no. That's deep, deep sleeper. Deep, deep sleeper. Mm, As I okay. said, you know, Division Two guy. I'm not a, you know, obviously poor competition. Very similar to, you know, what? Who, who was the other guy? Uh, Isabella. Very similar mm. to Isabella. I mean, if you have good mechanics and all that, that makes up for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and But, you know, with, with that being said, like, what's the what's the guy's cuts really look like? What's he look like against, you know, a top flight uh, safety or cornerback? And then uh, the two receivers from West Virginia. I, I love David Seals. Or David Seals, excuse me. Um, red zone threat. Like, if you... You watch like 10 minutes of highlights, and it's just of him catching touchdowns. 33 in two years. <laughs> and you're just like, does, did he have any catches that didn't go into the end zone? And you start to wonder, yes, it's wide open in the Big 12. I get it. There's not a lot of defense. But he was wide freaking open almost at all times. It reminds me a lot, I mean, because he can high point. He can, obviously, a great red zone threat. Um, 
It reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup. I wonder what cornerbacks he played against. Any big names or off the top of my head, no. Oh, okay. But I mean it is yeah, division one cornerbacks. Do you like his guy better than Teddy McLaurin? Terry McLaurin? Yes. What? Yes, I like David Sills better than T- Terry McLaurin. I also like Gary Jennings better than Terry McLaurin. Um, he's my biggest, closest comp to him is kind of like a, a mix between Jarvis Landry and Golden Tate. Just seems to be right place, right time, good hands, and he gets in the end zone quite well. They play well. well in a good offense with a great quarterback. Yeah, and, and you know, th- a lot of that could have been a testament to how good Will Greer is actually going to be in the NFL because it, that offense was wide open. They scored a ton of points. And both of them got in the end zone a lot. I mean, I, I love the way that both of the West Virginia receivers played. You got anyone else you'd like to add, Neil? Neil, well, do, I, I'm hoping that you have a little bit of info on the West Virginia wides for us. I mean, you're – Well, I've watched a great deal of West Virginia games, but I think they both perform well. Like, Sills is awesome. But I honestly think a lot of it comes from the system and Greer. But, I mean, if you watch Sills – he catches the ball at the oh, he highest well, point. But, but like, Greer plays some great balls. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I think Greer is going to be, be the best quarterback out of the class. That, that's what, I guess my point is that's what you should expect out of an NFL quarterback, though. Like, Sills exactly. is going to be able to do what he did at West Virginia to mm-hmm. an extent. Obviously, it's a little bit different in game, but to an extent because he's getting up to the point of attack and the ball should be placed where he can catch it. I'm actually a pretty big Sills guy, but... Obviously, it's all about destination. But I also think, like I said, a lot of it has to do with Greer. What about Hunter Renfro? You're also a he's Cle- my, he's a my homer pick. He's my homer pick, though. Like you can't you can't ask for a guy with better hands, Mister Trustworthy. So he's basically the anti Paris Campbell. <laughs> anti Terrell Owens is going to be a guy, even though Jacinko had a bunch of drops, but. Renfro didn't drop the ball hardly at all. If he needed a third down and seven, he was there. What do you have, like 900 catches over his career? Was, <laughs> he's was also like 85. 42 years that he played at Clemson? <laughs> but, yes, he's, he's, he's a perfect guy if he needed a third down and seven. Yeah. Mr. Clutch. No, I mean, Cole Beasley. You know, a Cole Beasley type player to where I don't that, I don't think he's a game breaker. I've heard but, that guy rap before, but I, does he play in the league? I know he's a rapper. <laughs> Cole Beasley? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. He's uh, Pittsburgh now, isn't he? No, he's, Buffalo. He's a, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Okay. Congratulations, Hux. Yeah. But it's yeah. hard to say if if he even goes in anywhere in the first couple – definitely not the first couple of days. I, I could honestly see Renfro being an undrafted free agent. Yeah, i say it's going to be very, very late. That's effective on a team. Oh, yeah. I, I can see him easily getting the spot in the slot. You know, something else about Renfro, I'll give you credit here. I know you're a big Clemson guy and West Virginia guy. And Patriots, Bengals, Patriots, Bengals, Seahawks, Seahawks anybody, Texans, the, the, uh, anybody, the, the Thunder, the Las, Rockets, Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean the ja- Blue Jackets. I mean, just <laughs> I know you're a big Tiger Woods sports guy, like and players. Phil Mickelson. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a, BJ, I'm a VJ Singh guy, and VJ Singh guy, John McEnroe, and uh, <laughs> I do like McEnroe. Well, and Roger it? Federer, right, as well right. as Andre Agassi. No, no, no. I'll joke aside. Kimbo slice. One no, thing I'll give you: definitely not. Uh, Renfro is without a doubt he's a leader. Okay, he's he's a great. He's going to be a great locker room guy. Uh, I don't think that he has any fantasy impact. Definitely not. And, and I don't know about at any point in his career, but he is a guy that you're going to want to have on the team because I do believe that he's someone who you need four yards on third and you know third and four. 
Renfro is a guy that's going to get open, and he he's not going to drop the ball because he does have great hands. One last. Do you guy. have any? Do you have any input on Jennings? By the way, Gary Jennings. I'm not. I wasn't too big on him. Yeah, I, I love the way. I mean, but once again, Big Twelve. Right. Caveat that. Seemed to be open across the middle a lot and did a lot with it. I mean, it I feels like, like I'm a lot more, I was a lot more impressed with him more so than Jennings. Yeah, I mean, Sills looks like a stud. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on one last guy before we sign off, of course just to see if there's any opinions. Miles Boykin. Notre Dame wide receivers haven't exactly been a big hit in recent years. Golden Tate's about it. Golden Tate was about where it ended. Equinemia St. Brown has a chance. I think he looked okay in spot duty as a rookie. We liked him a lot before yep. last season anyways. Yep. I still do. I haven't changed my stance on him. Um, not saying he's going to be a stud, but we just we liked ESB. Miles Boykin didn't really do a whole lot till this past year. Still didn't do a ton. He did have eight touchdowns on 59 catches for 872. But again, Notre Dame, solid team, more of an all-around team. Guy didn't get peppered with passes. 6'3", 220, runs a 4-4-2. Has potential. I mean, he he has the tools as far as physical attributes go. But just wanted to see if there was any opinion on him. I don't have much of one because I'm not a Notre Dame fan and I didn't watch any games. To me, Asbel, they, they're, I hate Notre Dame and they stink. So it seems like Boykin... Caught the ball when he was open. I know that's very generic to say, right? It, it for any of the highlights that you see, can happen. I know, but it seems like the, it was was he burning people? I hope not. Not that's, really. That's illegal. It's just like he's just behind a guy. He does high point the ball well. Um, the man, the thing about Boykin, like I don't know how he's with contested catch because you almost never see it. Now maybe it's because he is that good of a route runner. It seems to be at the right place at the right time. But, the, man, I, I, I guess I love seeing whenever two people are colliding and someone coming away with it. It just almost was like he was a product of the system. When I watched a lot of the Notre Dame games, it seemed like it was more running than passing anyway. So I didn't get to see a lot of the body at work that I should have. Yeah, I will say, I mean, for by all accounts, it looks like he's got really solid hands. You know, uh, you know where you see people colliding a lot if you look at the tape? It's uh, castingcouch.com. Stop. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Had to throw the casting couch in there. We are uh, getting ready to move, possibly. The uh, the Bark Estate has sold, and we'll probably be going to Arms Manor for some future episodes. And there is a casting couch down there. There, there is a brown leather Brown couch. leather casting That's couch. Amazing. So if any of our uh, fans out there would like to come into the show, uh, we will need to take a few pictures, some headshots. This is for modeling. Uh, nothing else than that, you know. There's so, no job. Yeah, so, you know, Dan, Chris, Stoops, uh, guys over at DHH, guys over at Dynasty Headquarters, guys at Trade Addicts, guys at Dynasty Dads, if you want to come sit on the casting couch, we promise nothing terrible will happen. We're just wanting to offer you a position with our company. The position is up to you. Thanks for joining you've us. Got, you've got to try out that. You got to show us what you you know what you can do. Oh yeah, yeah. We're not just bringing in random people and hiring them. We do have to run you through a series of tests and make sure that you're the quality and what our fans are looking for to join the Backroom Fancy Show. Absolutely, absolutely. So barks out. Good night. Later. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.
kind of 